Welcome to the Climb Your Mountain podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Maurer, a certified personal trainer, high altitude mountaineer, and ultra runner. Each week, I show you how to train, eat, think, and live like a mountaineer so you can boost your chances of reaching the summit. My passion is to empower people of all ages and sizes to get outside and live lives of adventure. Remember, mountain climbing will never be easier than today. So let's dive into the show. Summer is here, which means for many of us, goal trips and goal climbs are getting close. But for better or worse, summer also means family reunions, family vacations, cross-country travel with the attendant stress and jet lag. So how the hell do you stay on track to climb Mount Rainier and still make it to Aunt Ethel's 97th birthday party in bump-ass Iowa? In today's episode, I'll share my best tips for taking training on the road. Ready? Let's do this. Today's episode is brought to you by my course, Mountain Fit, Self-Coaching for Mountain Athletes. So congratulations, you've signed up for a mountaineering trip or a long distance trek. Now, how the French toast do you get in shape for it? You could hire a coach to help you, but the ones who actually understand our sport are so damn expensive. And even if you get a good one, no coach is ever going to understand your lifestyle, your schedule, and your body the way that you do. The truth is you will always be your own best coach. You just need to know what to do and when to do it. That's why I created Mountain Fit. This online masterclass is the roadmap you've been looking for to help you reach your fitness goals. In this course, I walk you step-by-step through everything you need to transform yourself into a diesel-powered hiking machine, even if you're starting from absolute zero. By the end, you'll know how to assess your fitness level, write a training plan that gets results, and choose the best exercises for your goals. And if you need a starting point, I've included 40 weeks, that's 40 weeks of training plans you can adapt for your own season. So stop wasting thousands of dollars on Tracy, the big box gym trainer who has never hiked a day in her life. Learn how to train yourself with Mountain Fit. To check it out, just click the link in the show notes. Hope to see you in there. Hey friends, how you doing? It is so good to be here talking to you. Doing this podcast this week is a little bit of just a breath of normality for me. I'm actually on the road. I know that's part of our topic today is training on vacation, training on the road. I normally live in Colorado, but I'm in Ohio helping a family member move into assisted living. And to be honest, it's not going well. Like my loved one, you know, I get calls from the assisted living, like in the morning. They're like, she wants to run away. She's threatening to just take her stuff and run away and leave. And (laughs) so it's been (laughs) a bit stressful. And I've also, at the same time, been very proud of myself that I've been able to keep training on track while, you know, dealing with a loved one that wants to run away from assisted living. I think earlier this week on the same day, I like overdrew my bank account. Then my friend who's watching my cat called to say the key stopped working and he can't get into the apartments. And, you know, all the things were happening. And I'm like, clearly, I need to go and have a workout, which I think even just a few years ago would have been impossible. It would have been so hard to keep that consistency and get out there. But it's become such a habit now. It's actually almost kind of a comfort. So for those of you who, like bonus tip for this episode, I guess, for those of you who are maybe just getting started, haven't had to go train on the road yet, 
just know that every workout, when you're getting out there, when you're being consistent, when you're teaching yourself the habit is so important because then when, you know, more difficult times come, things come up, it's much easier to be consistent with your training and to keep it going. So yeah, let's talk about vacations. It's kind of the time of year. I'm recording this in June. So it's kind of the time of year when kids are getting out of school. This is, you know, kind of the wind down of COVID-19. So a lot of people are excited to travel, maybe see family for the first time, see like older relatives for the first time. And maybe you're having a family reunion after missing it in 2020, which is so special. And it's very normal to on one hand, be excited about that. And on the other hand, really worry about your training and have some mixed feelings as well. So let's talk a little bit about that. So whenever we're training to climb a mountain, this is a four to six month project. It's huge. It's maybe one of the biggest and most scary goals you've ever set for yourself. And you don't want to mess it up with travel. A lot of us get very nervous about any time we kind of have to go off script or change up our training plan and make adjustments, especially if this is the first time we've done something like this. Another thing to be aware of with travel, I also see people who put off training for mountaineering and taking trips that are on their bucket list because maybe they do travel a lot for work or like me, they have a lot of family commitments where they have to go back and forth. There may be a long distance caretaker who's helping someone out of state. And there are all kinds of situations like that where folks put off doing something that would be completely within their reach because they worry that the travel can become an issue. So learning to train during travels actually really useful skill. And this can greatly enhance your adventure life, not just in the summertime where we tend to have more family stuff going on. So today I'm just going to share some of my best tips for training through travel just to kind of, you know, for you to try on. These won't all apply to everyone, but yeah, just kind of open up and see what works for you. Take what works and you can leave the rest behind. So the first area I want you to think about if you've got a trip coming up, you're going to a family reunion out of state, say, is how are you going to get there? And the reason it's important to think about this is that travel has a health cost. If you think about all the things involved in travel, like flying on a plane or driving in a car, there's a lot of sitting. There's a lot of maybe eating crappy food that would not be ideal for an endurance athlete in training. You're probably going to miss some workouts during travel. You may feel drained on the other side of travel. This is very normal. I've actually flown twice since COVID, both coming here to Ohio. And both of the trips were kind of, I remember like during COVID wanting to fly so bad. And after each of these trips, just being like, oh, like, I wish I could go back to the time where I didn't feel pressured to travel or I didn't feel pressured to fly. Like on the first flight, I was taking a train to the airport in Denver. We have a nice train system that goes from downtown to the airport and the train crashed and hit a car. So almost missed my flight, like sprinting through the airport, you know, on top of like dealing with being in a train crash, (laughs) so much stress, right? And then on this trip I just went on, I got up like at three in the morning to drive to the airport for an early flight, get there, the flight's delayed, I have a connection, I fly to Chicago on my way to Cleveland, I'm supposed to have a layover in Chicago and keep going, and then the connecting flight is canceled. So you can see how there's just so much stress involved in flying that really maybe has nothing to do with the physical, but can impact our training. So how do you plan ahead and deal with this? 
my strong advice is to use, if it's within your budget, if it's within your means, to use training as an excuse to pamper yourself a little bit with travel. And that may even mean that maybe if you spend a little extra money on travel to make it more convenient, you cut back on another area this month. I really think it's going to be worth it. So what are some things you can splurge on? Definitely getting direct flights is huge, can definitely cut down your stress. If you normally take a train or, you know, kind of argue with friends or relatives to take you to the airport, maybe splurge on just paying for some airport parking so you could drive yourself there, you know, get there. And when the, then when you get back, you can just go straight to your car and come home. Saves a bit of stress. I think about if you normally rely on friends and relatives or Ubers or whatever at your destination for transportation, think about renting a car. If you're doing hiking training, you're probably going to have to get yourself to some hiking trails. So that may be a huge, huge help to you. If you're staying in a hotel, maybe think about renting one with a kitchenette so you can prepare your own food. And then I, I was just thinking about this the other day as I was walking through the grocery store in the town where I'm from, and I'm not from here anymore and have no idea how the grocery store is put together. There's nothing like more frustrating than being in a strange grocery store and you can't find the hummus because it's in some weird place and there's no one working there to help you. So maybe think about ordering your groceries in, whether you do Amazon Fresh or Instacart or whatever that is, just to save yourself some stress. So making travel as easy as possible, I think is a good way to set yourself up for training success when you get to your destination. And then number two, let's talk about how to kind of plan your workouts and your training for that week so that you're able to fit things in like training as well as being with loved ones, being with family, doing the things that you went there to do, enjoying time on vacation if you're on a family vacation. So the easiest way to do this is to make the travel week a rest week in your training cycles. So training cycles, basically one mistake I see endurance athletes making a lot is that they just keep building and building and building rather than cycling their training. So what a cycle might look like it's a two to five week training block. It's got a specific purpose. And one of those weeks, usually the last week, is a rest week. We call it a rest week, but it's actually an easy week. You're still working out, but maybe cutting back by 30 to 50%, depending on how much rest you need at that point in your training. So a couple of ways it could look. Most training cycles last two to five weeks, and four weeks is, is pretty typical, so I use that as an example. So you might have three weeks of build, and then the fourth week is an easy week. Or if you do a reverse periodization, if you listen to my podcast about training blocks. I'll put a link in the show notes to that. Maybe you you go backwards. So the first week is the hardest week, and then they get easier, easier, easier. And then once you start a new cycle, the first week is the hardest week. So either of those can work. But what you want to do is, in either of those cases, is you want to make your vacation the easy week in the cycle. And that means that maybe your cycle won't be four weeks, if that's what you normally do. Maybe it'll be three weeks. Maybe the one before will be five weeks, because that just kind of works out better when you do the math. And then the cool thing about it, you kind of have your easy week, you're on vacation, you're home with your family, and then you resume your normal pattern the week after. If you use training cycles to help yourself through vacation, you honestly never have to worry about vacation or travel again. It, never have to worry about it messing up your training. Of course, there's some exceptions, like maybe you're traveling for more than two weeks, in which case you might have to get a little bit creative. But the cycling and using the training cycles gives you a lot of flexibility in your calendar. 
calendar. So tip number three, set priorities. I really want you, when you're traveling, to expect travel weeks to be a bit rocky due to a number of things. That could be due to jet lag. If you're having a working vacation, you're going to be quite busy at work. You might have family demands on vacation. And by demands, you know, maybe it's happy things. It's taking your kids to the beach or doing something pleasant. But, you know, you are going to be wanting to spend time with family and you will want to enjoy that time and not just be worrying about training. Having a lack of access to easy and familiar training facilities, to trails, that can be a stress. That can make it hard to get a good workout. So what I want you to remember, and we'll, we'll dive into this a little bit deeper in just a moment, is not all workouts have to be great during your training season, during your vacation week. What I really want you to do is look at where you are in your training season and your training block, training cycle, and decide which workouts matter most. So for example, let's say that the training block you're in, you're working on lactate threshold. That's actually where I am right now in my training. So while I'm here in Ohio this week, I want to make sure that this week I do three lactate threshold workouts. And you know, I have some other workouts planned. I have my endurance workouts, my recovery runs. And you know what? Honestly, if those lactate threshold workouts go well, the other ones can be a little bit messy as far as I'm concerned. They're lower priority. They're not as directly related to the goal of what I'm trying to accomplish this week. So I'm not going to stress too much about them. And for you, depending on where you are in your training, if you're really close to your goal climb, goal hike, you're in the big build phase, maybe the only priority is this really one long training hike or pack carry. And as long as you get that done, like everything else can be be a little messy, be a little off, be a little slow, be a little tired. Just focus on the most important thing and let the rest of it be sloppy, be messy, and be okay with that. Number four tip for folks who are training for mountaineering during travel is definitely get familiar with some discovery apps. There are apps that you can use to find training hikes in your area. In the United States, too, that I usually recommend are Hiking Project and Trail Run Project. As soon as I mention those, people always come at me with all trails. I'm not as much of a fan of all trails. I think it doesn't have as many good options, but I don't know if that's one that works for you. I'll put links to all three of those in the show notes. But yeah, use those apps to do some planning ahead of time, perhaps, to see where you could get some good training hikes in. And remember that training hikes don't have to be long in the hills. If you're doing hill work, don't have to be huge. You can use loops. You can use repeats to get in your mileage, to get invert. Another thing I want you to maybe be thinking about is bonus terrain. So some examples of that are maybe you are going to be climbing a 14er in Colorado for your goal trip. And normally where you are, the trails are very sandy, very smooth. Maybe you're traveling to some place that has like a rocky areas with rocky riverbeds and it would be smart for you to maybe go to a place where you can walk on those rocks like while wearing your pack, like practice balancing and traveling in rocky terrain. Rocky riverbeds are awesome. That's something we have in abundance here in Ohio. Another one to consider is sandy beaches. If you really are in a place like Florida that's really flat, that's really doesn't have an abundance of hills, sometimes walking in sand is a really good way to 
simulate the resistance of walking uphill on your legs. So definitely get out there with your pack, with your boots, get out in the morning while it's relatively cool and do some hiking on the sand and just notice how awesome that is for mountaineering training. It will probably surprise you like how much it feels like you're walking uphill. You can do this with snow also, by the way. I'm recording this in the summer, but maybe you're listening in the winter. Snow is also a good way to create some resistance and give yourself a good mountain chaining workout someplace that's flat, like say Minnesota or in the Midwest or wherever. So tip number five I give to a lot of my athletes is to consider, and maybe even before you get on vacation, I wouldn't try it for the first time on vacation, consider getting into running. I get a lot of people asking if they come to me, they say, you know, I really hate running. I don't want to do it. Do I need this for mountaineering training? And my answer is no, absolutely not. There are, you know, plenty of ways to train for mountaineering without ever running. However, even if you're resistant, hear me out. Understand that running can be very useful when you're traveling or any week when you're short on time, not able to get to the gym, not able to get to the hiking trails. And that's why for all of my athletes that are open to running, I definitely recommend that they give it a try, make it part of their, at least a, a part of their training. And the reason for that is it really compresses your workout. You can get a good workout fast. You can get a pretty long workout done in a couple of hours without going out and hiking all day. And the other great thing about running is it doesn't really require gear, require a location. I mean, I've run on pretty much every vacation I've ever been on in my life. The only one where I was not terribly successful was Istanbul, Turkey. Running in central Istanbul is pretty hard. <laughs> There's just a lot of people, a lot of cars. I did have a one good run where I just got up like super early before all the cars were out and like ran up and down like the hills to the beach and it was really beautiful. But yeah, really that's the only place I've had a hard time with it. You can run anywhere, which just makes it amazing, especially if you are kind of a big traveler. And last tip I'm going to give to you. This is one I say to my athletes like so often. They're probably like going to scream when they hear this and like throw things at the radio. But it's true. <laughs> and that is that done is better than perfect as far as workouts go. This is true across your entire training season. This is true across the week while you're on vacation. What is this done is better than perfect thing? It means that the volume of your training across a four to six month training season is so big, you can't possibly talk torpedo it with one bad workout or even one bad week. So anytime you, you go out for a workout and it's just not going well, maybe it's hot, maybe you're more tired or jet lagged than you thought you would be, maybe for inexplicable reasons. It's just kind of tanking. I do not want you to panic. Nothing has gone terribly wrong. This is just the way it is sometimes and it is all fine. This is not this one bad workout or even a series of three or four bad workouts, kind of a rough week are not going to rob you of your goal of the mountain. You're going to be okay. So the done is better than perfect thing is good for workouts. Getting workouts done, even if they're messy, is important. Same is true for diet. Like a lot of times when we're on vacation, it's really easy to get off our normal training diet. This is nothing. This is not a terrible thing. One week of eating like Big Macs and potato salad at Aunt Ethel's birthday party is not going to give you heart disease. It's not going to torpedo your training. Your body is extremely resilient. You can go back to eating healthy whenever 
whenever you're able. And same for sleep. I know a lot of people freak out like when they're off their sleep schedule. We talk in endurance training about how important sleep is. And you know, if you're off for a few weeks, you're probably going to see some effects. But you know, just having some rough nights, getting to bed late, maybe staying up drinking with relatives or like being all over the place with jet lag it's going to be okay. Having some sleepless nights will not tank your training. You can get back to normal whenever you get back to your normal life. I'm a person who really suffers from terrible jet lag. Like if I go like one hour out of my time zone, I'm a mess. And I can tell you from personal experience, you can still climb the mountain, even if sleeping, it's not going perfectly. So friends, I hope this has been helpful. I wish you just an awesome time on all your summer travels and vacations, or if you're listening to this, maybe because you're going on a work trip or go on frequent work trips or just have family commitments where you have to go back and forth, just know that it's possible to train for mountaineering while traveling. It's possible to climb the mountain, even if you have a lot of weeks in your training season that aren't going perfectly because you have a busy life and have other things you need to do that take you on the road. So hope these tips are helpful. If you have any questions, definitely catch me in the Facebook group or on Instagram, and I will talk to you next week. Take care. Hey friend, if you're enjoying the pod, there are two simple and free ways you can show your support. First of all, please share this with a friend who might find it helpful. And second, please leave a review on iTunes. Your support means the world to me. Thanks so much for tuning in.